Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Voice of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're back a little later than originally planned again. Uh, it's happened twice in a week now. Um, we was due to come at Monday night, uh, but Mike was a little bit engaged, which we'll touch um, base on in a minute. Um, so we've pushed it back to Tuesday night now. Um, and we're here to do a review of the Huddersfield Town game where Watford picked up all three points in Yorkshire and Watford moved up to fourth in the table. We did move up to third, but then Blackburn Rovers beat Norwich City and we moved back down to fourth. But it's an improvement still. We've moved up the table. It's four clean sheets in a row for Watford, which is the first time since 2001, December 2001, that Watford have actually had four consecutive clean sheets, which is fantastic. Um, but Mike, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Um, it's a bit like the old days, you know, when in lockdown, it felt like almost every week we were talking about winning. And after last season, talking about losing pretty much every week, it's nice to be, uh, it's nice to be back talking about another Watford win. And uh, yeah, I got uh, a bit of a Watford fix last night, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, yeah, other than that, all ready to break up for Christmas now. Roll on Friday uh, and roll on the break. What about yourself? You uh, you, you all good? Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, work's dying down for me as well, um, which is giving me more times to put towards the podcast a little bit. I don't know if people are watching on YouTube, you would have noticed there's a new thumbnail for YouTube now, which I've created in the last day or so. So hopefully going forward, we'll have something that actually look a, a bit more decent um, for the podcast. And then we're planning a Christmas special, which we'll be recording in a couple of days' time and releasing before Christmas for you to listen on. And we're just trying to get ideas for that and work towards bits and pieces. So if anyone's got any suggestions for any topics that you want me and Mike to do, and we've already had a suggestion from um, one of our listeners, George White, he wants us to cover um, five worst Watford signings since 2012. And so that's since the Pozzos have taken over. And so me and Mike are going to be working on that and giving our list for our five worst. We'll both do them together. Um, so I'll do a list and Mike will do a list. So if anyone else has got anything else you want us to cover, we've got a couple more things that me and Mike will throw in. But if you've got something that's a bit more interesting than what me and Mike's going to do, we'll probably take out one of ours and put your ones in. Uh, but yeah, Mike, like you say, um, you was you was busy last night. Uh, we was going to record and then you mentioned... Or I might be off doing this, but it all depends if I finish work in time. You actually went up to Lincoln yesterday, not to see your missus this time, to watch yeah. Watford under 18 play in the FA Youth Cup. And they came out three, win- uh, three nil winners, what didn't they? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously the the draw come out a few weeks ago, and I spotted it. I thought, oh, Lincoln, brilliant. I might be able to go. And uh, it was originally meant to be last Friday, but I had my work Christmas party, so I was a bit gutted that I couldn't go because I usually go up on a Friday straight from work. But then it was called off. It was postponed because of a frozen pitch. So I missed the rescheduled date. And my brother told me, and then my old man texted the uh, group chat that morning and said, "Do you, uh, do you and your brother want to? Shall we go up to Lincoln on Monday night and uh, watch the young lads?" So, yeah, um, uh, we we played them uh, last year in the FA uh, FA Youth Cup as well, but obviously it was lockdown, and uh, I wasn't seeing my missus back then. But my sister's been up there for uni, so I was gutted to missed out on that one, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to be there. Uh, not not a bad little crowd, you know, for uh, for an FA Youth Cup game. You could tell that obviously a lot of the people there knew the Lincoln players, uh, the the Lincoln youth team, and there were some lads behind me who sounded like they used to play with some of these, or they went to college with some of them. So whether they have a local incentive, uh, I did see uh, two other Watford fans. So I saw they uh, had a Watford coat on, uh, and then a briefly. Spoke to Richard Johnson in the in the bar area at half time, um, which which was good. You know, everyone knows he's a Watford legend. But yeah, it was uh, it, it was good. It, it was <laughs> I said to you before we started recording, it was quite like the first team in in the respect of it was a slow start. Like the first half was crap, and then we grew into it in the second half and come out comfortable three 0 winners. And Adrian Blake, who's been uh, been talked up massively. He grew into the game, and once he was in the game, he was he was the best player on the pitch and scored two penalties and then a, a bullet header from a corner um, was was the third goal and the the final nail in the coffin. So yeah, it was uh, it, it was good to uh, to to witness it and you know whoever they get in the next round, if it's not too far, then you know what, sod it, I'll, I'll happily go and watch the uh, the youth lads. They are uh, there's some good players in that team. You obviously don't know who they've got in the next round already, Ben. So they've actually got Everton in the next round of the Cup. So oh, I think right, it might be a bit too far for you to travel to on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you, you said um, Adrian Blake got two goals. Um, he, he scored two penalties. If you've not seen the penalties already, have a look at Watford Academy Twitter page. Um, the second one was a delightful uh, dink down the middle, uh, sent the keeper to one side and he, he just chipped it down the middle, which was so good. You could tell he was full of confidence after slotting away the first one. If only Harry Kane could have done exactly the same. Um, but um, And then that third goal that you talked about, it was Joshua Mullins with a bullet header and pass the keeper, which wrapped up the, the victory for the Hornets and they will face Everton in the next round. So congratulations to the youngsters. Um, and also, I must say, the... Was it the under-23s won today in the Premier League Cup against Middlesbrough? They won 3-1. A trialist yeah. got two goals. And Jack Ford, who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Mike, we said, is he has he been suffering from injuries because he was the next one to be maybe on the fringes of the first team? Well, Scott actually said in the summer he would be. Um, but he, he was on the score sheets today as well, which was fantastic to see. Um, but yeah... We'll jump straight into it. We've spoken about the youth team, which we don't normally do, but it's it's good to acknowledge how well they're doing at the moment. It did help that you actually went to scout them as well, Mike. So top top stuff. Um, but yeah, Watford three three points on the road at Huddersfield. They've um, another three points on the road again. Like you say, it was another slow start from Watford, but 
these slow starts, we've not been punished lately. Like the slow starts at Millwall, for example, we got punished straight away. Um, wasn't punished at Huddersfield, but I had a couple of opportunities, didn't they, in that first half, but kind of rode the storm a little bit and then we grew into the game. Yeah, I, I think they come out the, the traps, you know, really quick and they they had quite an aggressive press and, you know, they, they were really hungry looking and, you know, they're bottom of the league. They've got to show some fight. I'm sure their manager's giving them bollockings left, right and centre. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they would have worked on a lot in the, the month that we had after the World Cup. But, you know, they, they were they were putting a really aggressive press on. But the thing is, and this will point to them being the reason that they're bottom of the league, they're not doing anything with the press. So they, they, they would press and win the ball, but there's no end product. You know, they had that, his name escapes me, but they had that lads who looked like he was playing left wing. Uh, I want to say Ruffles, but I, I, I could be wrong there. Um, he looked sort of a handful, but Danny Ward up top, uh, sort of operating as a, a bit of a lone striker or, you know, the, the, the support from the wings, he's not good enough at this level. And, you know, I'm sure Huddersfield fans will tell you that as well. But yeah, I, I, it, it was another slow start, something we used to seeing. Um, you know, it's quite frustrating how, you know, slow we start at times. Uh, you'd like to think that we've worked on quite a bit in that time off for the World Cup. So to see us having such a slow start against, no offence, bottom of the league Huddersfield didn't fill me with confidence and it sort of dragged that first half did. Um, so luckily, we we, uh, we made amends for it like we have done, um, you know, many times this season. We've started slow, but then got into the groove. I, I seem to remember Wigan was very much the same, started mm-hmm. slow, but then got the, the all-important goal at the end. So, yeah, if we can do something, if we can address why we have such slow starts or do something about such slow starts, then, you know, we'll be laughing. But it's easier said than done at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, really slow start, I thought. I, was, uh, I thought it was quite poor. I think we've had slow starts for the last couple of seasons. <laughs> it's been it's been really poor, um, but thankfully we've not been punished for it. And a lot we've both said we we grew into the game. And if anything, I thought we had probably the better of a chance of that first half. Uh, the first one coming from his mouth, star stinging the palms of Nichols with a shot from distance, and then shortly after it was Joe Pedro squandered a chance from close range um, when Saw flicked on a Jeremy Gakia cross from right hand side and. Uh, when Joe Pedro missed out, I thought, oh God, it's not going to be our day today. I thought we're getting in the right areas, but we're not putting them away. And against a better side, maybe we'll go up the other end and actually punish us. But thankfully, we was playing bottom of the table, Huddersfield Town, where they're low on confidence in itself. But maybe, Mike, the main talking point for that first half was how on earth did the official not award a penalty to Watford after Keenan Davis was grapple to the floor I've seen worse worse grappling in WWE um that that was terrible yeah yeah it was and you know how they how we didn't get a penalty and then I'll be honest as well maybe even the out how they didn't get a penalty they went up the other end not long after and uh, I can't remember who it was it might have been Cabba but um it, it hit the the sort of his arm was out and it hit his hands and you know we were quite lucky maybe Maybe the referee knew, well, I, I messed up on that one. So I'm not going to give this one because it's so soon after. But Keenan Davis doing what Davis does, you know, 
he'll win the ball in an area and you think, why has he gone out there to go and get it? But then he'll go on this sort of mazy run and, and still have the ball. The, the strength that that guy possesses is unreal. Yeah. Uh, and he went on one of these runs and he was brought down and I thought straight away, penalty. Um, you know, I, I, two, there were two penalties last night in the Youth Cup game and they weren't anywhere near as bad as the the sort of manhandling of Keenan Davies. So, you know, if a referee at that level, no offence can spot it, but the referee at the championship level can't, then, you know, th- there's a bit of a worry. Um, but, you know, that, that could have propelled us to to go and win maybe 4-5, because I still think, I know we've had a big win already against Luton this season, and that was brilliant, but I still think that there's once we fully click, there's teams going to be battered. I said it the last time we were in the Championship, once we click, we will give a team a hammering, and we beat Bristol City 6-0. So I still think that, you know, we, we just need one of those games where it's free scoring, you know, 4-5, I know people might be watching this thinking, well, yeah, every team wishes that. But I genuinely <laughs> believe we possess the talent. And, you know, if we can just learn to put these chances away, I think João Pedro's lucky to not get the same sort of scathing reviews as Raymond I did. Now, I know Raymond I was pretty much in front of the goal and had to tap it in an empty net. But I still think it was just a bad miss from João Pedro. And uh, I know he's not going to get as slated as Raymond I because João Pedro is a lot better, but I still think it was a, a really, really bad miss. And there's two chances straight away. You're talking about them. Um, the Saar one was a little bit more of a hit and hope if it goes in happy days. Nichols is is a decent enough keeper to deal with it. Yeah, but I still well. think, you know, if if that Keenan Davis penalty gets given and we score and Pedro puts that one in and then you add that on top, there's 4-0 already. So, you know, I know it's all ifs, buts, pots and pans and whatnot, but I, I just think that it's uh, it's very frustrating at times being a Watford fan. But luckily, we, we got the job done in the second half and we didn't have to rely on poor officiating, which uh, seems to be quite a theme in this division. I think the reason why we're not talking about that Joe Pedro miss a lot is because of what he did in that second half um, and he came up with rewards. But also, I think Keenan Davis had a really good chance in that first half as well when he was driving towards the box and he did a step over, sent the defender one way, got past him and then he just kind of mishit it a little bit with his left shot, uh, left foot, which went terribly wide. And I I don't know... Keenan Davis doesn't look very confident at the moment. Give him a ball, he can hold it, he he can... Defenders bounce off him. But in front of Goa, I'm not seeing that confident Keenan Davis that we might have seen earlier on in the season. Do you tend to agree, Mike? Yeah, you know, there's aspects of his game where he doesn't quite look match fit yet. Uh, To say whether that's expected, I don't know because, you know, we're we're halfway point. We've we've played everyone once, I think. Uh, I don't know if we've had a game postponed, but... um, I'm pretty sure we've played everyone once now. So, you know, you'd like to think that a striker that come in fairly early has... Uh, I know he missed pre-season, but to 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 say that, you'd like to think he, he's up to scratch. But, you know, he he's only one goal off matching the record that he got for Forrest in... Um, he would have done it in fewer games for us as well if he gets that goal. I think, I, I, if I remember correctly... If he scores in the next three matches, he's matched his total for Forest, and he'll have played less games in those three games. 
than he did for Forrest and having scored the amount that he has. I know that's quite complicated to get your head around, but um, yeah, I, I think he needs a goal uh, and, you know, everything will be all right. But he does a lot of work off the ball as well. And it's great to see him winning the ball and then playing out wide. But you sort of have to remind him that, well, actually, Keenan, that's great. And you've played him in out wide, but you're the man that needs to be in the box, ready to pounce on these, you know, cutbacks and sort of crosses and everything else. So it, it, it can be quite frustrating, but I, I think he's he's such a key asset to the team. And I think we'd miss him. If we started the next game without him and we give him a rest because people say he looks knackered, I think it would be quite obvious that we're missing him. I think it's probably similar situation to Hamza Chowdhury. You take him out the side and you realise what he actually does bring to the side. Whereas Keenan David, I think exactly the same. He's the focal point for Watford's attack, isn't he? He links play up, he can hold the ball, he can play players in and he can get in the right areas at the right time. We need to see a bit more confidence from him. And once he does get confidence or gets more fit, like you say, I think the goals will come. Um, But yeah, half-time was nil-nil. Second half... Just took nine minutes for the boy from Brazil to make up for his earlier misses and with a fine finish to um, beat Nichols at the near post. But we're going to talk about Jal Pedro in depth in a minute. But that goal wouldn't have came if it wasn't for Tom Deli Bashiru. Um, again, taking his opportunity um, with the injury crisis we've got in our midfield, he started back to back games in the championship now, playing 90 minutes in both. But his play in midfield there, Mike, just to create that goal, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, do you want to talk me through it? Yeah, I, I think what I liked about it was, obviously, we know Tom possesses a lot of talent and it's great to see him starting games. Whether it's a little bit forced because of the injury problems we've got, whether it's a bit too soon, who knows. But it's great to see him given the opportunity. I think what I liked about this was, this run that he went on, allowed Zhao to pull out wide and have the space. I think he sucked in quite... Uh, I think he sucked in one of the midfielders or the defenders, which allowed Zhao to sort of gain a little bit more of an advantage out wide. And absolutely, you know, he, he deserves applaudits for this. You know, Zhao, it was still a brilliant finish. I think he had to squeeze it through um, two defenders and the goalkeeper. And it was, you know, an angle which maybe favoured the keeper, but the, the shot power on it was... There was nowhere near... Um, it was quite similar to his goal against Luton, um, where we pressed and then won it back in terms of, you know, I know it's the other side of the pitch, but same sort of angle. And, you know, once once you hit it from there, you know with Pedro, that's only going in one place and that's staying in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, Tom Deli Bashiru deserves applaudits. I thought he was good against uh, against Hall the other week, although... He did give the ball away a, a, a fair bit. Um, but, you know, a much better performance this, this time round. I think Bakuna, it, it showed, it was telling that he hadn't played for some time. But he he, he he grew into it a little bit in the second half as well. And, you know, bearing in mind, he's, this is the first time he's played with the team uh, and, and everything sort of, you know, accounted for. I thought he was he was all right. He wasn't as bad as the uh, scathing reviews that Cardiff fans gave us. But yeah, Pedro is you know people know on this podcast that we cannot cannot praise him enough. And 
we've talked about him and we're starting to sound like a bit like a broken record, but he's <laughs> the guy is phenomenal. And yeah, I saw a tweet actually. I can't remember who tweeted it out. It was one of these championship fan pages. I think it was the Football League World. And they said, will Jao Pedro be playing at USA 2026? I think he will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw a second tier podcast um, put out a little snippet video earlier. And they were saying that he's by far the best player in the championship. Um, and for him to be 21 years of age and achieving the things he's doing at the moment, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but just quickly bringing it back to Tom Delibashu, it, it I'm really enjoying seeing him play week in, week out for Watford now. A mad stat, Mike. Since joining Watford in 2019 for Manchester City on that free transfer, the 23-year-old has only played for Watford six times. Wow. That's mad, isn't it? To think he, he started at... He was involved at the start of the season under Vladimir Ivic. He had that terrible injury away at Reading. And then we didn't actually see him again until this season again in a Watford shirt. He, he was in the pre-season, behind the scenes, playing week in, week out under Rob Edwards. And then he picked up an injury just before that last pre-season game, um, which is massive inconvenience for him. And it's just holding back his Watford career. But hopefully we see him fully kick on now because um, he played a lot of games for Reading last season. He played 38 games for Reading last season in the Championship. Yeah. So he can put a full season together. He's just had rotten luck at Watford. And I'm hoping now it's a turning point for him in his Watford career. And I'd love to see him involved for the rest of the season, whether it's starting because or coming off the bench because we know we've got the likes of Imran Luz coming back, Hamza Chowdhury and other players coming back as well. Ismail Kone as well, um, a new signing. So hopefully we'll see much more of Tom Delibashru and he's obviously shown what fans what he can do by uh, providing that brilliant assist for Jal Pedro at the weekend. Uh, but Mike, Jal Pedro, we talk about him so often on this podcast. We'll talk about him a little bit more. He made it number two. Watford, he sealed the points of Watford, gave us that early Christmas present that we all wanted. A lovely header, Mike. I don't think this is getting enough credit, but no, the ball was behind him and he had to move his head backwards and get the power in his neck to put that in the top corner. Honestly, that's one of the best headers I've seen in a Watford shirt. But just that, the leap he can get over a defender as well. The amount of goals he scored with his head for Watford as well. He scored away at Newcastle at the, the, the start of the year yeah. with the towering header. He scored a header um, against Wigan away this season. Um, again, a, against Huddersfield Town as well. He's showing that he can do... He's got literally everything in his game, hasn't he, Mike? Yeah, he's his all-round game is, is fantastic and I've seen a few people tweet who, um, you know, a few people on Twitter ask, um, you know, who's been the most talented Watford player that you've seen in a in a shirt in the time that you've supported the club. Jao Pedro's a, a name that crops up so much. And, you know, I, I honestly can't wait to see what this boy goes on to achieve. I know a few people were sort of, a bit like a proud father moment, if that's the best way to describe it, when they saw Richarlison score at the World Cup and, you know, score that brilliant goal and, you know, run out for Brazil at the World Cup, considering that, yes, he started at Fluminense, but come to Watford and sort of, 
learned his trade in English football a little bit at Watford. He started his career off in English football in Watford. Um, so I know, you know, a few people were proud there, but I think João Pedro, what he's destined for, I, I, I cannot wait. He's got to be playing for a, t- a, 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 a top European club. Uh, if he's not playing Champions League football within the next two years, then we've done something monumentally wrong to stall his sort of progression and everything else. Um, and this also means as well, obviously, he scored two goals. He's now ever closer, Ben, to that, t- that total that I wanted him to get so much last time out. He's two goals off, 10, goal, 10 goals for the season. He's surely got to get that. Surely. Uh, I think he will, and I think he'll do it with loads of games remaining. Um, Gerald Pedro has moved up to eight goals this season now. Last time in the Championship, he got nine goals, and Mike was willing him on for weeks to get that 10th goal. Just hit double figures. Uh, My my question was actually going to mention this, Mike. How many goals do you reckon he's going to end up this season? You've got to remember, he's playing in the number 10 role for Watford as well. He's not playing as a a central forward. He's our top goal scorer this season. He's 21 years of age, got eight goals, playing from a number 10 position. How many goals do you reckon he's going to get this season? Do you see him surpassing maybe 15? Because I look at this side and I don't see an out-and-out 20 goals striker at Watford. And I don't think Jao will get 20, but I think he could ease, not easily, I think it's manageable to maybe hit 15. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the last time we were in the Championship, you used to do the graphics on Instagram and Twitter and put out our top goal scorers, top assists. And come the end of the season, the the top goal scorers chart was, it it was quite long, you know. We didn't have that player that scored, you know, uh, 12, 13, 14, whatever. It was, you know, shared out through the team. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of that this season as well. I think Davis will chip in. I think he's on four goals at the moment. Could be five, if if memory serves me correct. Sean Pedro's on eight. Uh, Ishmael Asar's on six, if, if, again, if memory serves me correct. Uh, so, you know, those players are all capable of... of of reaching really good figures. But how much do I think Joe Pedro will get if he carries on the way that he is and we just hit the halfway mark, I think he, he could easily get 15 goals. I know he's playing in a 10, so he's not going to be one of these that scores week in, week out. But the the, the talent he possesses is scary. Um, I mean, you know, we're saying all this, watch us go and bloody sell him in January now and it's not matter, but... <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, he could. I think he could easily get uh, 15 goals this season, without a doubt. Well, what we wanted as Watford fans is we we wanted him to add goals to his game, and he, yeah. he's doing it this season. And, and I think Slavin Bilic has to take a lot of credit for this. He's telling him that he wants him to get into the box of the right areas, and if if you're in and around the box, you're going to get goals, and that that's what he's he's added to his game this season. Uh, Joel Pedro has actually scored 20 league goals for Watford now and he joins other players that have hit that milestone like the likes of Neil Cox, Fernando Forestieri, Richard Johnson, Colin West and Ashley Young. Um, but yeah, Watford 2-0 winners away at Huddersfield Town. We move up to fourth in the table. Um, also, Mike, I think it's maybe a little bit unnoticed but four consecutive clean sheets for Watford now as well, which is the first time since December 2001. 
Um, and Watford have actually kept 10 clean sheets already this season. And I think we've only we've played about 22 games. So 10 clean sheets out of 22 games is not bad going, Mike. And, and do you feel that defence has improved under Slaven Bilic? Absolutely. Um, you know, whether the, the introduction, I know it's only been a recent introduction, but whether that introduction of Julian Dix will help further, we all knew what a fantastic fullback Julian Dix was and no-nonsense defender. But, yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, it's been brilliant to see, you know, the, the defence shored up. That that was, a, I know it's different leagues, but that was a massive problem last season. You know, we, we were shipping goals left, right and centre. So, to come back into the Championship and, sort of pick up where we left off, really. You know, we, we had the best defence in the Championship last last time out. I think now, though, because of how many we've conceded, I think that record has gone. So, we couldn't now do it again. Um, but Backman's got 10 clean sheets. Only Freddie Woodman has got more, and he's got 11. He's, uh, he's the Preston goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, he's in good company up there, and... Who who knows? We we could well be seeing Backman top the clean sheet charts come the end of the season, uh, but I think it has gone unnoticed. You know, four clean sheets in a row is uh is good work, and we just need to to score a bit now. I think one of the comments earlier on said, you know, that we 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 need to score a few goals too, because um, our uh, away average goal average isn't looking very impressive. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy defensive wise, and don't forget as well. Um, you know, Cabba gets slated a lot. He's been slated by us and, you know, we'll hold our hands up. But this isn't even our best centre-back partnership, if you think about it. So the fact that we, we're playing or we, we've mixed up the defence this season, you know, we've we've played uh, Troost and Sierra we've played Cabba and Kafka and mixed it up again, and we're still keeping clean sheets. So it just goes to show that we... we you know, we're all right at the back. And yeah, I still would like to see a, a couple of arrivals in, in that position. But, you know, it's uh, it's looking good for the defence at the moment. Well, we've conceded 22 goals this season in 23 games, um, which is the second joint best in the league. I think there's four other teams that have conceded 22 goals. Um, and I think the, the best defence in the league is Preston, um, with 20 goals um, so we're not far off that but just shows how well the defence is actually doing this season and I just wanted to make a point of it because I, I do think it goes a little bit unnoticed but also it, it's I saw Billich make some comments at the weekend saying that he, he loves our front three players he knows what they can offer to the team going forward but what he gets the most enjoyment out of it is seeing them do the dirty work mm. helping the side defend as a team. He's not saying to the, the left back, right back, two centre back, saying you're the defenders, you're responsible for keeping the ball out of the back of the net. The responsibilities on all eleven players on that pitch, and he's getting so much joy out of Davis, Jao, and his manner by putting in their defensive work, which is helping keep that structure, keeping it tight at the back. Defending as a team, defending as a unit, and we've got ten clean sheets already this season, and it, it's just fantastic to see. And hopefully that continues. We've got Millwall next against on Boxing Day, yeah. and we know what happened last time we played Millwall. Um, 
we did ship goals, but it was a makeshift defence. Matty Pollock played. There was no Craig Cathcart in the side. Craig Cathcart makes a massive difference to his Watford back line. Just his leadership, the presence of him, how good he is as a defender at his age as well. Um, so I, it yeah. will be a totally different game this time round when we play Millwall on Boxing Day. Well, um, but Mike, yeah, sorry, carry on. Just, just to add to what you were saying with the defence, the, the, the stats. I've just had a quick look, and only Sheffield United have conceded less than us so far this season. Sheffield They've conceded twenty, and we're joint second best with Coventry, Preston, and Birmingham, all on twenty-two. We've conceded less than Burnley, who were top of the league now. Granted, Burnley, goals, goals. you know, they've they've scored 16 more goals than us. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to, to back up what you were saying there. I think the, the defence has, uh, has gone under the radar massively. No, definitely. And like we say, we've got um, Millwall on Boxing Day. I've seen lots of people moaning about games being played on Boxing Day. What's your thoughts on it? Do you, do you like it or yeah. do you hate it? Or... It's traditional. What's your thoughts? I, I yeah. often spend, I mean, I don't know whether it will be the case this season, but I often spend Boxing Day. You know, Boxing Day is like you flick the football on uh, and, you know, you, you you get the beers out of the fridge and happy days, actually day sorted. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's no different. Uh, whether it's, I don't know if it's worked out that we, it, I think the commentator that interviewed Kafka after the Huddersfield game, and my mem- this will show how crap my memory is, but he alluded to the fact that he says you've now got to wait till Boxing Day to play again. So I'm thinking, you- is there usually a game in between that last game week and Christmas? Uh, I-, I don't know. I can't really remember. But- I think it's how it falls this year because Boxing Day's on the Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, and if there was a game on Saturday, it would have been too close. But normally, yeah. say Boxing Day was on like a Tuesday, Wednesday, there would have been a Saturday game. But because we played Huddersfield last Saturday, I think it works out that there's there's eight games in uh, eight days in between to prepare this time for the Millwall game. But it's it's another mini break, isn't it? Perfect time for Billich to work on things on the training ground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, you know. We we certainly won't be complaining about the fact that we have to wait a little bit because of it. You know, we, we've got people that are injured and we've probably got people that are out there sort of playing with little niggles and everything. So any sort of recovery time we can get is, is good with me and I'm sure it'll be good with the players. But as you said, Ben, there's no, uh, no harder task to come back to, um, you know, come back to football with after football, uh, after Christmas, sorry. Uh, then um, the Millwall, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really tough game, uh, and I'm sure we've played them on Boxing Day recently um, as well. But they uh, like to yeah. keep local games up for like Boxing Day, and that don't they? Like London games, where it's easy for teams to commute. But then again, I'm pretty sure we've maybe played like a Cardiff on the Boxing Day as well. Uh, in the past recently. Um, well, last yeah. season, we played Norwich at home on Boxing Day because it was, uh, I'm just having a look now, it was oh, Cisco Woodruff's first game <laughs> um, and the gap from um, the game before, funnily enough, was Huddersfield. So we played Huddersfield on the 19th of mm. December and then our next game was uh, Boxing Day. So that's really weird. 
Uh, and, but we actually lost 2 0. That was a horrendous game, and we won't talk about it. But yeah, um, to your original question and to agree with what Russ Putnam's just said, Boxing Day football is a tradition and uh, long mate continue. Yeah, I love Boxing Day football. I think it just adds to Christmas, doesn't it? Um, you've got so many games on Boxing Day. And I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm looking forward to getting back to the Vic and watching a game live. I didn't go to the last home game because I was feeling a bit unwell. Um, but it actually works out perfectly because for Christmas, me and my partner, we split seeing both sides of the family. Um, so we alternate on Christmas Day and then Boxing Day is always going around to her family's house. Um, but this time, because my daughter, she has like an afternoon nap. It's yeah. worked out perfectly where I- Isla will be having a nap during the Millwall game, which allows uh-huh. me to go watch Watford game. And I'll, I'll get back when she's waking up. So then she, we'll get her ready, get her in the car, then drive over to meet the in-laws and yeah. um, have a second Christmas day. So I'm thankful yeah. that she has a Christmas nap because I guarantee when she's older, I won't be going to Boxing Day games because she she won't let me. Um, exactly. That's my daughter, not my missus. She, she'll probably <laughs> let me. But my daughter, she'll be clinging to me and won't let me go um, unless I take her with me. She might she might want me to go. Um, oh she's doing very well at Little Kickers, I must yeah. say. Um, she'll be donning that yellow Watford shirt very soon, I'm sure. Um, but Mike, just quickly before we wrap it up as well, um, on this day in 2015, the Hornets beat Liverpool 3-0 to earn a fourth consecutive Premier League win. Uh, the goals came from Nathan Aki and two from um, Igalo. What a fantastic day that was at the Vic. It was live on BT Sport as well. Was it one of the first games for Jurgen Klopp as well, coming over to England after managing Borussia Dortmund? Talk to me about the memories that you've got from that game because that was just what for turned up and... I think special mention for Barami in that game as well. I thought he was outstanding um, in the middle of a park and he set up Igalo's second goal, Watford's third. But yeah, talk to me about your memories of that game. Yeah, it it was brilliant. I know, you know, Liverpool had a bit of a, um, you know, I don't know whether it was injury crisis, but they didn't have, um, you know, they were missing a few players. I mean, Bogdan was in goal. He's not their usual goalkeeper, but still, you know, they had more than enough on that pitch to beat us that day. And uh, we've, we've been quite fortunate. We've had some brilliant results against Liverpool over the last couple of years. And um, as, again, someone's just alluded to in the comments, we were almost top four. And I think it was quite early on in the season. And, uh, well, it was December time. But, um, you know, someone asked Troy... At the end of the game, oh, you you're not you're not far outside the Champions League spots now, and Troy being Troy just was like, really, you're going to ask me that? We're in December, uh, <laughs> and I think we ended up finishing like bottom half. You know, we 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 did what Watford do and usually crash after Christmas. But the game itself was superb. Igalo was on fire. Um, that Dini Igalo partnership was really in its pomp at, 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 at that stage. I remember Troy sending the ball over the top to Igalo for that second goal, and Igalo just brushed Bully, off Sterling, Sterling, didn't he? Yeah, yeah if he wasn't there. Um, I mean, the first goal, Klopp's still complaining about it now. Uh, Bottom <laughs> rocked it, and Ake poked it into the net. Uh, but as you just said there, Ben, I, I distinctly remember Valan Barami being very, very good in that game and being key. And um, he he set up Igalo for his third goal, but that was like when when Watford got back to the uh, Premier League because that was their first season back 
uh, after the 06-07 season, which was horrendous, we sort of didn't know what to expect. And that's what you go to football. That's why you love football. And that's why that those are games that smaller clubs are also remember forever. You know, I'm sure, you know, your Leicesters, your West Ham's, everyone, you know, that sort of team, they've beaten big teams over the years. But they're more used to it, whereas with us, you know, that that's brilliant. I know we had a better 3-0 win against Liverpool recently, but, you know, that, that will be, that will leave long in the memory. And uh, those are the games that you go to football for, man. I, I was gutted I wasn't there, but I was watching it on TV and I was shocked at the result. I was convinced Liverpool were going to put six past us. But yeah, good memories. Uh, hopefully we can be back in the promised land. But not only that, be back in the promised land and actually fight and, you know, stay up. Because I feel like our credibility in the Premier League has gone a bit now. Every person I speak to are like, oh, Watford are a yo-yo club now. And I'm inclined to agree with them, especially if we go straight back up this season. But, you know, we, we've gone from being in the Premier League for five year, five seasons, getting relegated, coming back up, getting relegated. So, yeah, if we go back up, I think we'll be a, one of those yo-yo clubs, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, great memories. That side that actually beat Liverpool as well, I've, I've got the side up now. Yeah. And... Um, Duran, let's play a little game. Um, try try and name me the eleven that started against Liverpool. Um, so, goalkeeper. Goalkeeper would have been Gomez. Yeah. Um, left back. Um, oh, Holabas wasn't with us, was it? Was it Holabas? No, it was Nathan Aki started on the left. Remember, he, right. he was pushed out wide for left-back, wasn't he? Quite a lot um, yeah. because of the partnership in the middle. Um, Centre-backs? Uh, it's got to be Pradle and Cathcart. No, Cathcart being one, Britos was the second. Britos, cool, um, yeah. And typically, Britos picked up a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, there's no um, like Right-back? Don't look at the comments either, Mike, because I've I know, yeah, I've seen Joe's giving me Andy, really. <laughs> Um, Get off the comment section, Mike. Come on, go. Who was right back? Uh, right back, right back. Um, and it's not my, Doily. My, no, no, my memory is terrible. Who was our right back back there? Um, I don't know. He went on to play for West Bromwich Albion with Ben Foster. Oh, bloody hell. Neon, yeah. Alan Neon for Cameroon yeah. International. Yeah. Um, okay, so left midfield. Uh, Fallon Barami. No, it was Gerardo. Gerardo? Oh, he was a waste of space. And you know, I'm picking up Ferrari as well for saying he was absolutely outstanding. He started on the bench and came on in the 80th minute. (laughs) He was good for that 10 minutes, so that was a bloody good 10 minutes. Mate, that's the best 10-minute cameo I've ever seen. Exactly. (laughs) Um, The two centre midfielders. So Gerardo was one of them, and he would have been partnered by um, Etienne Capoue. Oh, Watson. Yeah, Watson was Yeah, Joe Thomas has helped you out again. Uh, You're uh, looking at the comments. I, I saw that before uh, Joe said it. Because Watson <laughs> took the corner for the first Yeah, it, it was ben, ben Watson and Etienne Capoue. Ben, right midfield for Watford? Um, right midfield would have been... Um, oh, come on. Um, 
Oh, I really don't know. You have to tell me. Alman Abdi plays oh. over on the right. Um, he played quite a lot over there as well. And then you don't need help with these no. two, the top two up top. Tini and Igalo. Tini and Igalo. And just before fun, um, the substitutes was Valen Barami, Obi Ule. I think I pronounced oh, that right. The big yeah. tall Belgian. He, he was at uh, Barnsley last I heard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened with him, um, he went standard age, or did we sign him from standard age? I think we um, signed him from standard age. He might, it's a shame Uncle Ron's not in here, uh, but he might have been one of um, uh, Moby Bayat's guys. Uh, most probably. Um, Guardiola was on the bench as well. Uh, Ketchianya, Holabas was on the bench, Mike. Um, so Aki was actually our preferred left back at the start of the season maybe because Holobas didn't even want to be at Watford didn't want to join <laughs> us um, yeah. Diamante from West Ham I think he yeah. yeah he didn't really do much did he I think he nearly scored a free kick for Watford at Old Trafford was it did he I even think do that, that? I, I don't know he, he had a brilliant sure and a free kick uh, and then the the goalkeeper was, I can't pronounce his name. It oh, is the uh, Lithuanian goalkeeper. Yeah, so Arlaskus was from Lithuania. Alaskas. And he was like, yeah. he was a god in Lithuania. And I remember but being at Villa Park. he in England, did he? No. Um, <laughs> I remember being at Villa Park and him coming on as a sub. And it being, it was only for five minutes or ten minutes but that was the longest five or ten minutes I've ever had to endure as a Watford fan. My heart was in my mouth because we won 3-2. And every time the ball went near him, I was like, shit, 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 shit. But luckily, it was all right. So I can't really remember much of that Aston Villa away game that year because I got so drunk, I dropped a pie in the guy in front of me. <laughs> and then, and then he, did, he didn't notice that I did it. So then I, I had my napkins because the pies come in napkins, don't they? And I was yeah. trying to wipe it off the back of his oh, coat, but I was man. making it worse and the steak was going everywhere. And oh, I had a massive fail, but it was a quality away day, one of the yeah. best I've had. Um, but yeah, we should do these um, throwbacks more often and testing you on your um, knowledge of the team. That was actually a bit of fun. Um, Christmas special, there's an idea. Christmas specials, we were, um, all right, yeah, we'll throw that one in. Um, yeah. We, just, I love it when we go off topic. I think they're probably <laughs> the better podcast, aren't they? Safe's talking about matches, just go off and chat, rap like we normally do. Uh, but yeah, thank you for watching, everyone. Um, me and Mike will be back in a couple of days to do a Christmas special. If you want us to cover any topics or play silly little games, just like what we've just done now, let us know and we will... Um, oblige be more than happy to oblige um but don't forget to hit that like button don't forget to hit that subscribe button christmas is sunday and mike needs another 30 followers for him to hit his target i thought it was ambitious when he wanted to hit it a few months back then we got a lot of followers and we got closer but then it's just stalled and it's been a bit dead since um but yeah tell you mates get us to that 300 um but yeah We'll be back in the next couple of days. Keep an eye out for our Christmas special. I will have to, I have, I've got to wear a Christmas jumper, don't I, Mike? I've said about it before. Um, you've worn Christmas jumpers week in, week out since we've hit December. Um, yeah. So I've got no excuse. And I'm sure we'll have a few <laughs> drinks as well. Um, but yeah, stay safe, everyone. And come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.